This podcast was proudly produced by NZ Audio Editors. For all your editing services, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.nzaudioeditors.com. Ryan J. Melson and Greg Mole from One Plan for Retirement would like to welcome you to the NZ Guide to Financial Freedom. In this podcast, we'll break down the psychological tools and financial framework you need to live the life you want to ensure you don't run out of money before you run out of life. Oh, hello, welcome. It's always weird when you start off like you have Strange a full yarn and yeah. then you're suddenly, oh yeah, now it's serious. So it's serious now. Cool. Cooked off. Do you feel the pressure? A little bit. Felt the weight. That's no. good. Well, you're made for it. You're a real estate agent, so you probably had some... Do you have a story, like a tense moment where you were just barely holding it together? Yeah, I guess I guess when you start out... when Okay, so I'll set the scene right. When, when I started out, it was at the end of the boom, so 2016, 17. Um, so there's me, you know, fresh faced, buzzing in the industry. Um, and literally it would have been about two and a half months in, the latest REINZ report came out and it was saying how it was just dropping or it was stalling the whole market. And I guess for me, I've got all this kind of energy and ready to go. And then that report coming out and I just remember thinking to myself and my partner, actually, what have I done? Yeah. Just come straight out of uni marketing, you know? looking forward to a bright and rosy future. And then that report came out and I thought to myself, uh-oh. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously the, the property cycle's going eight years. Mm. So that's how, how the cycles go. So I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Another eight years down the track and I'll finally get some some um, traction. So, yeah, I guess that was a moment literally two and a half months in where I thought, have I done the right thing? Jeez. So, What's that like when you first start? Because uh, is it can- – 100% commission when you first start. I've done yep. that for a while. Yeah. So so you're like, all right, honey, we're going to take this risk. And then obviously the report comes out. What What's it like for new people when they come in and they start in that industry? So we get told to have basically six months worth of savings that you can live on because the average real estate agent doesn't make a sale. I think it is between six and nine months is the first sale. <laughs> Put that into perspective for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they ask you to have that kind of um, backing and then it's uh, I think it's 80% of real estate agents drop out within the first two years quit hmm. so that kind of put things into perspective um, for me I was a little bit more lucky so I went through the Barford and Thompson they have this thing called an accelerator program which is basically you've got to you apply for it you get about eight or nine interviews so I met both the directors Kerry Barfoot Peter Thompson and kind of went on to the next stage and if you get it's about a class of 10 where they take in 10 agents who have a good future each year. And if you get into that program, they give you a, like a base. So they give you six months worth of pay oh. to move you on your way. Yep. So it's a pretty intense process to make it into that accelerator program. But once you're in, you get, yeah, like I said, that financial backing, but also you get like a year of support. So every, every month I was getting calls from the trainers, you know, where you at, what are your numbers at, what's happening. So, mm. Yeah, it was it was a tough thing to get into, but once yeah. you're in, you get that support that not many other agents got. So I was quite lucky because yeah. without that, I don't think I'd 
Got through. Of ride, yeah, we've got through essentially. Wow, is it like basic training? You got you got to do these hoops. Like, hoops. how did you get in? Well, you just made yeah, friends yeah, trust with the balls right... and yeah. No, no, no. It was like it was really good stuff. <laughs> so they do five five days of like intense nine till six in the in the um, head office in Shorten Street, full on training. Yeah, yeah. Um, sales methods, marketing methods. Um, there was legislation, all that sort of stuff. Okay, that set you on the right track. We had guest speakers coming in. Um, so it was really, really good. I mean, set me on my way for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can see the the massive importance of that. We had like a turnover in other companies, so I had to manage the direction and education of team of fifteen, commission only selling. Okay, and you have a high turnover, and and one of the sure. most important things, kind of like um, what Flight Center does, is you build loyalty through the dedication and effort that you put in to train them, hmm. and and they get that appreciation. They want to stay. Hmm. It's interesting that how they had a select few. I guess it's not that cost effective, or it's like a aspiration for the other ones to strive to become accelerated. Yeah. Could you become an accelerated ten years later? Well, there's no age limit, and there was there was agents who have been in the game for a couple of years. Um, but it's just, I guess, the people that they see potential. And so, if someone doesn't get in the first year, you know, a couple like you say, a couple of years later, they can they can uh, apply and get in. Um, Makes sense. I guess also in the real estate industry, there's a lot of migration between companies. So a lot of shoulder tapping, moving people between companies. Okay. So I guess when you talk about that staff retention, yeah, it's hard to put all your funds into all your time and your resources as a company into an agent when they could move in two years. And it's yeah. not frowned upon because we're essentially contractors. Um, you know, I've had many, many companies come and approach me to move, but I like the Barford and Thompson model, how they do things. So okay. I'm glad I stayed. Yeah. Is that from an employee standpoint or well, contractor standpoint or like execution, they do something different? Um, well, a big thing with Barford and Thompson, the, the business model is that they're not franchised. So we don't have kind of set areas where we can sell and where we can list property. So we've got, I think it's 65 offices Auckland-wide. Um, and like if I, if I have a listing in, say, Takapuna, um, an agent from Oriwa or from South Auckland can bring a buyer and sell that listing for me. So I just kind of thought when I started at Barford & Thompson, I want to have, you know, when I get a listing, the best possible exposure. That was a big thing. And also the ability to bring my own buyers and not essentially list houses, but make some commission by bringing buyers through and taking a sliver of the commission. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you're sort of doing in-house selling. In yeah, a way. so so you don't have to be. So for for example, my first six months, I didn't have a listing because I, you know, I'm fresh faced. Who's going to trust me with their house? You know, that's mm. essentially how it is. Mm. Um, but what I did have was a lot of first home buyers who were pre-approved, had the money, and were wanting to go and make and buy things. Yeah. So I could work with them, take them to other other Barfoot's listings because we're not franchised. So I could take them to a listing that they saw and they sent to me and I'd take a sliver of the commission if they ended up buying it. So uh, rather than just listing, we also work with the buyers. Would that mean you'd try and push like so you're acting in the interest of them to help them find this home? Yep. Do you do you find um it was challenging like so they've got these different options and the bar fit may be limited in the supply that they have that of might course. not be the best like how do you navigate that? Of course. Um so that's obviously a big thing. I mean there's no loyalty when it comes to buyers, and you, you know that's <laughs> just how it is. That uh, we understand. You know, if they saw a property that they liked with another agent, they're going to go and buy it. Yeah. Um, I guess when you look at the numbers, Barford and Thompson, we have I think it's forty three percent market share at the moment. 
So when we talk about stock, there's not many other companies that will have the stock that yeah. I could take them straight to. And another big thing in the real estate industry is what we call conjunctional. Um, so that's with uh, when agencies work together. So I could say, for example, Ray White. I could say to them, hey, my buyer's seen your listing. Would you do a conjunctional with me? You know, 80% to you, 20% to me because my buyer likes it. So uh, we do work together. Really? Even, even though it doesn't seem like we do. Yeah. We do work together, yep. Tell me when you don't. Does it get messy? Have you had that? Where oh, you're like talking, no, I whispering always, in the I, air, you little... Yeah. <laughs> I'm always quite open to it because end of the day, it's the best thing for the vendor. If there's a buyer who's keen through another agent, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. You yeah, know, it's yeah. the best thing. Imagine if I turn around to my, my owner and said, hey, uh, I turned away an agent who had a buyer because they went with Barford and Thompson. So it's it's the right thing to do. And yeah, you know, you're giving away your commission and you want to sell your own stuff, but you've got to think in the best kind of um, the best thing for the vendor. Uh, it pays dividends in the long run. I mean, that's one of the things I admire with um, Greg that I work with is he just pushes the narrative of what's best. And quite often there's instances where, hey, it's not with us hmm. and that they should do other things. Hmm. Um, so, okay, you come in, this is your strategy. You go to the baby face first time buyers because they relate and they're hmm. not too worried about you being baby face. Well, what about then? Then you went into like more auction or what was the next? Uh, yeah, I guess once I got my first couple of listings, so I did a lot of, this is going to sound horrible, but a lot of door knocking and I'm Been sure there. people out there, yep, people out there don't like to have their doors knocked on, but I went and did a lot of door knocking and found an area where, um, you know, let's, let's be completely honest, there was dinosaur agents working that fox, what we call the farm area. So oldies who had been in the game for a long time. Um, this was in Northcote. Been in the game for a long time, weren't in touch with the farm area. So I circled a, an area on the map and said, right, these 500 houses, I'm going to go and talk to all these people, you know, once every six months, you know, face-to-face or on the phone, um, just introduce myself and, and take over that area slowly. So... Um, you know, I got really good traction and, and started to get first listings and, mm. um, yeah, ended up getting my first couple and then you're away from there. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, don't sleep on the door knocking. I mean, yeah, it's always a tricky thing because you, you, you want to start, you look at what your competition's doing and how they're doing and you want to pivot in a different way. Mm. And the door knocking is a skill set that you can develop. And I used to, I'd, done it in charity work or I've done it with, um, medical, okay. medical cons- gear, which was like 30 grand. So you like you door knock someone, you massage their feet for a couple of hours, mm. and it's this really great product that's overpriced. I personally think, but the product's great, mm. and then you got to convert that into something on that moment that day. So th- it's there, like even even if and it, then you have the the weak mindset of like, oh, this territory is different, blah blah blah. But it's just like there's potential everywhere, specks of gold everywhere. But how did you expand from that? Do you focus on like for us, we have client functions, we try to incentivize people to bring friends, to learn more about it. We build relationships with accountants and lawyers. They're a referral source. How do you start making it work for you instead of you door knocking everything? Well, I, I think what you're talking about there is becoming what we call an attraction agent. So rather okay. than going out to get the business, comes to you. Um, so that's a long-term mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I've been in real estate for three and a half years now and I still wouldn't consider myself an attraction agent. I'm getting close, but... You know, the, the majority of my business is still going out and getting the leads. Um, but but what you're saying, I guess, once you get that first couple of listings in that farm area, it's about really nailing down the neighbours. So I do like a, a neighbours only open home. We call it a VIP hmm. open home. You know, stroke the ego a little bit. So that that way you get 
to meet all the immediate neighbours in the area. <laughs> okay. Make them feel a bit special. You know mm. how it is. Um, and yeah, talking to them. And then as soon as the property sells, letting them know straight away because um, another big stat that we learned is the next listing in that street, there's a 63% chance it's going to be in the 10, 10 and 20. So in the surrounding 40 houses, there's a 63% chance that someone else is going to sell. Huh. So you look at you look at numbers, and this is this is nationwide. But you look at numbers, and you think, if I sell a property on the street, there's going to be another new young agent who's going to go and tell all the neighbours what it sells for, because that's readily available information. Um, so it's about doing the right processes and talking to the neighbours. It's as simple as that. You can do all the you know paid advertising and billboards and all that kind of carry on, but unless you're out there talking to people, you're not going to go anywhere. And we, I measure my day on. Um, conversations so I try and have 10 conversations with new people every day mm. and you know that's there's a lot of gray area there what you know determines a good conversation but something small like that new people and a conversation it's a hard you know you think about it would you talk to 10 new people in a day you'd get close but it's it's a lofty goal but I think it's one that that helps ah uh, yeah I mean Greg and the guy that works with us he's a big advocate for focused action equals results so it's a combination, as you say, of having this process that you hold yourself accountable. Yeah. So you're always talking to people, but in an area, there's, there's a high, high result. And that makes a lot of sense to me that, so you have these neighbors, the VIP, you make them feel mm. fancy. And then you're also, as you say, you're following up and telling them mm. what went wrong because they could actually be the very person that's selling next. They could be another potential buyer down the track. And those are the two challenges. You have the people that are hunters and the people that are farmers, but they don't navigate both worlds very well. Mm, I agree. Yeah, okay. Well, what about um, someone's thinking they're going to talk to an agent and they're like, oh, how do I know a good or bad agent? Like, is there a way or process you would go through? Not really. I guess when we kind of figure out that there's someone, you know, thinking of selling, um, I personally believe it's not best to go in all guns blazing and, and you know, what we call not big for the listing, but you know I'm the best, I'm the greatest. What we try and do, um, and this is big in, in my office and in Barfoot, we just try and get in the door. So so say to that potential um, seller, look, there's going to be a lot of options to choose from. At least give us an opportunity just to tell you how we're a bit different. And you know, like you say, not everyone's right for the the vendor. So like you say, not not everyone's going to be the right fit. So we just just go in there, have a a conversation, and just basically talk about. You know, our track record's a big one. You know, you can be as nice as you want, but unless you've got that track record, um, you know, you're not you're going to get. How do you demonstrate that? Like, I could just say I've got a track record. Like, yeah, well, I guess um, you talk about the track record, so the sale price achieved, so the difference between, you know, what another agent may have got or or a similar house might have sold. Where's this, this listed? Like, where would you find out? You said that. Ah, uh, this government website. So a big one for us is one called Property Guru. Or property smart, so it's government-owned websites where you can find out the sale price, um, the number of bedrooms, CV, all that kind of agent. Thing. Yep, you can find out the agent. Yep, so you find out the sales history, listing history, all that stuff. It's readily available. Um, I think in the last couple of years, the Real Estate Institute have done that to be more transparent. Um, so their their big push in the last couple of years has been to clean up the image of real estate agents. So it's, I think it's a really positive step. Mm. So all that stuff's readily available. So um, you know, if you can show another big thing when I was a new agent, you know, I'm I'm saying, well, I've I've spoken to you four times in the last six months and you're getting someone else through the door who you've never met. 
mm. who hasn't taken the time because he's got another six listings all around Auckland. You really think you're going to get proper service? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's a big kind of tool we got taught when we started out. Um, yeah. But now I just you know now I'm now I'm three three and a half uh, years in now I just you know just you're go on with confidence yeah and, and you back yourself and you just say you know I'm right for this I've sold this this and this um, the Barford and Thompson model you know we had seven different agents from all over Auckland with their buyers and the auction room was packed and this and this and this so mm. you kind of just got to work out the personality the person you're within and um, you just smash it really that makes sense I've you know. So I've been in different selling jobs where mm. I'm the youngest by 30 years in every industry I go. So there, there's counters, you know. There's there's You can be more professional and onto it and dedicated mm. and more work ethic than your competitors, mm. and that counters the perception of your age. And the funny thing is when you start executing on that, they start thinking you're older. Have you yeah. found that? They think, you're oh, you're in your 30s. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't know yep. Why. yep, I have. And I, yeah. Maybe I mean, the, oh, the, other, the other big thing, I always bring my testimonials. People go, you're quite young, and then I just point at the testimony and go, that's what they said, and that's what they said as well, and that's what they said, yeah. and the testimonial's glowing. Videos or just written? Uh, I do a bit of both. Um, I haven't done a video testimonial in a while. One big thing I have been pushing lately um, with the market the way it is, um, obviously I live and die by auctions, that's my big sale method, um, but I've started getting my videographer to my on-site auctions, mm. and so people get an understanding of how it works you know a lot of people were a bit nervous in the auction room but other vendors in the street so i actually got a usb um ordered and dropped it at all the usb with the video on it to all the neighbors in the street um cost me a fortune but yeah um, you know i think it's something different but just a video of showing you know how the day was set up you know we i always do a coffee cart big flag free coffees for everyone um you know make a big song and dance about it invite everyone along um and just show how an auction's supposed to be run and how an auction campaign should be run. And, you know, for, you know, little Miss Miss Jones down the street who's 92 who was thinking of selling and wanted to list it with a price, um, sees how an auction campaigns work and see, you know, how it's supposed to be done and hmm. she feels a lot more confident. So I think it's things like that as opposed to testimonials, just showing them the process. Yeah. Ah, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can break it down in the five-step sales cycle, but, like, in terms of from a, a fear standpoint, most mm. fearful things are novel. Okay. So when when you find um, there's something that you're petrified or afraid of, mm. there'll be something that you've had quite little exposure to. And then it's called exposure theory where you incrementally expose yourself to the idea of a needle and then you become more comfortable because you teach your brain, hey, this happened, nothing bad happened. Hey, this sure. happened. So what you're effectively doing there is making it less novel. Yeah. So the fear and doubt that they have, they're seeing it, it's formalizing it and it's not as petrifying. The other thing I might say up to you, but the are you talking to people before you give them the USB? Yep. Okay, good. Because so that, that's just a, given a card and it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I do a um before the uh, sorry, before the listing goes live, a couple of days before, just let them know that hey, this is the first open home or the neighbor's open home. Um and door knock them. Yeah. Give them an invite and just say, you know, come along. Um then before the auction, same sort of thing come along, this is when the auction is, here's an invite, and then uh, sale price. So I try and talk to them three times in a campaign. Huh. So. so you really, that's your stick in a sense, auction and doubling down in the neighborhood. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a lot of young agents who go out there and they'll just door knock a random area. Mm. So when you don't have uh, a purpose to door knock, so you just go and go, hi, my name's Nathan, sell with me. No way. 
Mm. Never, never going to work. But if you're going to them and you're offering them value, so, mm. hey, your neighbours are just listening, just thought you'd be interested in coming down to have a look. Um, we're doing a neighbours only open home, so you might see, you know, your neighbours there. You know, to be, I would say wine and cheese, but we've got to be a bit careful with that. But there's, you know, a bit of food on, um, a coffee. Come and come and have a look. No pressure if not. And you're doing that. I think that's a lot different and a lot more kind of standoffish and, and respectful than just knocking on people's doors asking for things. Well, I mean, yeah, you've got to be aware of what they're being exposed to. Um, so there, mm. there's a lot of people out there just pursuing, leeching and asking for things immediately. So you're, mm. the saying is like selling the, the sizzle, not the sausage. So the sizzle is the idea, it's like the that. experience, the appointment. Yeah. Um, so you're selling the experience to them, mm. not necessarily the sale. So you're selling, it's like they teach you, have you heard the elevator pitch? So elevator oh. pitch is, imagine, yeah, you might have, you probably would. You're in an elevator. You meet your ideal customer. You've got 30 seconds to pitch them. Yeah. Most people start talking about features, start selling to them and trying to convert them. Hmm. There's no amount of value you can create in that space of time without trust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what you would sell is the appointment. Hmm. So it's the sausage, not the sizzle, not the, the sizzle, sausage. not the sausage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that works perfectly. And it, it is true. You're, you're not, never going to get anywhere in this game or in my industry without trust and probably same. Do you have, like, the nurturing is, sounds like the huge point of difference. Like, you must have a rigid back-end system. I mean, they've probably got it for you, like a CRM to mm. nurture it. So a lot of people use technology to go more automated when it should actually be used to go more personalized. Yeah, I have, I mean, again, this is another big thing and, and changing aspect of our industry with the CRMs and the, the back-end stuff. But, I mean, I, I have my, my database, so my email Newsletter, so that goes out automatically. Ah, uh, newsletter. Yep, newsletter. Weekly, monthly, or monthly, but that's only to people who have asked to be on it. So I'd never just randomly put people on it because agents do do that. Yes. So I've that. I have my pipeline, which is big. So um, people who have said they might sell in the next six months, three months, a year, and two years. So I'm always moving them around as to when they're talking. Um, and then I always have my list of, I think it's 25 hot clients who I need to call in that week, so just to talk to. So I'm always moving people around. I use mm. a, a, a website called Trello. Oh, yeah. Trello, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm using which it. you can, yeah, it's awesome and free. But it's just I have the, you know, that hot list that I need to call. It doesn't even need to be to ask for anything. You, mean, you know, I'm, I've got an old guy I'm talking to at the moment who's been doing up his house for, I kid you not, maybe three years, <laughs> like fixing things. I don't know what he what he's doing, yeah, yeah. but this house is worth over $3 million. Mm. Right, so he's always on my hot list, and I always just go and have a yarn to him. He sometimes just wants to have a cup of tea and talk about oh, bless. how long it's taken to do his deck. <laughs> it has nothing to do with selling real estate, but I'll yeah. just go around and see him. And you know, a lot of people might think, "Oh, that's a bit of a waste of time," you know, no, no, no. Um, dollar productive activities. But that's with his goal because he knows everyone in the neighborhood as well, mm. and he is <laughs> a loudmouth. So you know. I think there's all these yeah there's all these CRMs and people use all this like right it's set an appointment to call this person and but I think it's just about figuring out who needs to hear from you when and how intensely yeah because on the flip side there'll be you know I'll get a call from someone who will go right I want to um come around I want you to have all the documents list my house mm. um I want three examples of marketing budgets and don't take longer than half an hour Mm. You know, and then there's people, agents who will say, yeah, oh, and just absolutely blab and sell the features. And, but some people just, you know, sign here, write the check, see you later. Yeah. So, 
Pers- reading personality is another big thing. Oh, it's huge. I mean, services are subjective. Yeah. And then also the other thing is like when you're going to like people quite often in that instance would get, I want to think about it objections. So this person comes in, they're mm-hmm. rushed and they're overselling it and they're over impulsing and then they're starting to lose the client. Mm-hmm. So funnily enough, when people want to think about it, it's because you're given information that they didn't want to Too know. Much, yep. So what, as I change the camera over, what mm-hmm. would be, um, why do you choose auction selling as opposed to the pros and cons of the others? Sure. So, for me, I've, I've always been a big believer in, in auctions. So um, I think I worked out the other day, it's something like 89% of my listings have been an auction campaign. So yeah, massive, massive amount. Over three and a half years, 89% have been auctions. Um, you'll get the odd couple who, who won't want to do an auction. But for me, I mean, in this market, when you've got so much activity happening, I almost refuse to do a listing if it's not an auction. And I tell my my owners that they're nuts, basically. Um, And the reason for that is with an auction campaign, um, actually, let's look at the other side of it. So if we had a property, you know, that the the owner wanted a million for and they wanted a million dollars for it and they said, let's put a price on it of a million, right? If that sells within two days, what are you thinking? You've undersold the property. Mm. And this is what I tell people. You sell it in two days, you've undersold it. On the flip side... If it sits on the market for three months, the price is too high. So their price in their head isn't as important as what the market dictates. So essentially with an auction campaign, we call it no price marketing, you can sit back and let, you know, you might have three couples who fall in love with the property. They get that emotive connection, um, turn up an auction day and they go nuts between them and it goes to 1.1. Mm. Um you know, so I, I just tell people when, you know, we get told when we go in there, I want a price for my home. Um, but if you're selling the process and you're saying, in all honesty, I don't know what your house is worth. I have a rough idea. Mm. But I know the buyer groups who are going to be interested in this home. And if you go through the auction process, um, you know, at least you know that you've exposed it to the market and you're going to get the top price regardless. Mm. Um, another big kind of point I touch on is, when you're listing with a price or by negotiation, it's you versus the buyer. So you've got your expectation, the buyer's here, and nine times out of ten you meet in the middle. It's like any negotiation. The buyer's not going to come in with their best price. Mm. Whereas an auction campaign, it's buyer versus buyer, and they go at it, the price goes up, and you can sit back and kind of relax. So yeah. do you want to sell your house with me yet? <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is. I think it is in this market. I mean, we don't even have an idea of what things are selling for. Yeah, yeah. Prices are going up every every week. Yeah, or yeah. down, or you know, whatever it is. So makes sense for you to for you to have a price in your head, and you just say, "I want that price, and I'll sell for it." Imagine what you could get. Could yeah, it? yeah. I mean, yeah, it's only worth what someone will pay for it, no matter how emotive you are or attached you are to the outcome. Is there pitfalls in auctions that you don't like, or where people should explore another um, option? Or yeah, I mean, a, a big thing. So when when someone's bidding at an auction, um, they're bidding what we call unconditional, so it's cash. There's no conditions. They don't need a building report or finance or this. It's cash. You know, once their hand goes up, they're offering a cash price. Um, so we have to be a bit careful if there's things like unconsented works or issues with the title or um, things like that because you have to disclose all that sort of stuff and that can put a lot of people off by going full bore and bidding cash for an auction. Mm. The other the other um, kind of con that I will say with an auction is it's a public auction, so anyone can bid at it. So, you know, sometimes I've 
you know, there's been a divorce split and um, the wife is selling the house and then the husband, the ex-husband will turn up at the auction and start bidding. There's nothing we can do about that mm. because it's a public auction. So those are the two you know, cons <laughs> that I've had. Yeah, it is awkward, but there's <laughs> legally, you know, it's a public auction and yeah. anyone can bid. Um, but those are really, really minor things compared to what the positives are. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I touched on, there's just no cap on what you can get. That's fair. With an auction. And also, you're, they're bidding cash. So once that hammer falls, that's sold. You know, if you're, if you're going by a price, they can make an offer conditional on selling their house, which can take another three months. Or, um, so yeah, there's, there's pros and cons in every sale method, but, um, for me, auction is king. Yeah. I mean, and it's also, um, dependent on your ability to attract a crowd. Yeah, play a big part. What would you say are the different s- strategies for it? Because you talked about initially you came across first-time buyers. Yep. They probably have don't have a whole lot of education. Yep. What are the different strategies? So uh, I will just touch on, so again, oh, yeah, with, yeah. with auction, um, auctions, I'm training to be an auctioneer. So I've been going through the, the um, training with the uh, Barford and Thompson um, auctioneers, Tony Lochran and Craig McNair on the shore. So, um, yeah, I've got a, a really good understanding or starting to of, of how the process works. Um mm. You know, I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you, but I competed in the the national champs about three months ago. Oh, that yeah. RAINZ put on, yeah, yeah. So talking about, um, you know, going out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you kind of stand up in front of a group of thirty odd people with clipboards marking you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy experience. I finished seventh overall nationally, so okay. pretty exciting. But um, it's a way of kind of understanding. So from an auctioneer's point of view, um, we just find that body language is key so you can tell which buyers are going to pay the most and it sounds like a lot of you know crap basically but you can genuinely watch a room an auction room and see who's going to pay the most mm. um we like to think of it as a bit of a, a theater or a bit of a stage so um to all my first or buyers out there you're going to hate this but the point of an auction room is to put you under pressure and freak you out and make you pay as much as you're going to pay um <laughs> It is really nerve-wracking, and it's the point of the auction room. Um, uh, <laughs> but our goal as agents, putting my agent hat back on, is to get people to the to the auction room. Mm. So, um, you know, we we have what's called search indicators. So going back to that house that's, say, worth a million, um, we might make the search indicators. So what is um, 900 to a million. So if someone's got a saved, list, uh, a saved search on Trade Me and they're – top end is 900 that listing will show up in there in their search so it is you know it's we use search indicators as a marketing tool not telling you what the vendor wants um so that's a a, i've probably just given it away for all the agents out there but (laughs) um that's a technique we use to get people to the open home and those buyers who will pay 900 they'll push up the buyers or they'll start bidding and push up the buyers who would have paid 950 so it's like a food chain almost. So yeah. the more people we can get there, and you know, like I said, it is it does suck for for some buyers, but we work for our vendor essentially. Mm. Um, and it's as long as we can just get people to the room and create a bit of buzz, um, we've done our job. Mm. We can't dictate what their budget is and how much they earn and what their equity is and assets are. But our job is to nurture, like you say, nurture people from the open home through to the auction room. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the crowd psychology would be so much fun. One yeah. of the best salespeople that broke the record, like most people, for example, would get 
um, 20 sales in a week was really good. She got 80. Far out. And she would sell at an airport. And what she would do is she'd create a buzz and a fear of missing out and crowd psychology. So she'd get everyone to line up. Hey, guys, like, we've got this really exciting thing. I've got to tell you about it. Just line up quickly. And they're, they're already in, like, this zombie-like oh, state. Really? And no matter what they said, she would say, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you took the time and gave that support. Next, they come through. So I can imagine that that frenzy. They'd use it in timeshares. I imagine you probably Time ethically shares. couldn't do it. But timeshares, they would put people in a table yeah. and they'd have fake people there. Yeah. So I wouldn't do that. But that would... Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Not technically, unless it's the ex-husband that's coming. Yeah. But it would influence the overall perception. Same thing with um, hmm. juries. So like they did um, an eyewitness test. This guy with a red shirt... Stole this purse from this lady. Hmm. They saw it. They understood red shirt. But everyone else said green shirt. They changed their mind and changed it to a Based green shirt. Based on perception. Yeah. So I imagine you could do yeah. little tweaks and create that environment. Well, I, mean, I mean, one thing we do, we at Barford and Thompson, we hold all our, and other companies do it as well, but you hold all your auctions together in one, like a session. So ours is in the Bruce Mason Center at Takapuna. Oh, okay. Yeah, Not yeah. in front of the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So on a on a Thursday, we, we do it. So again, it's it's a way of, um, we we mm. we co- communicate with the auctioneer and say this our auction is going to be really busy. We know there's seven bidders coming, so the busiest auctions go first. So what that means is uh, in a session of ten auctions, um, you might be there for auction number ten, but you see all these people uh, who are there for the first auction, and you're going, oh no, like you talk about. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people here. Oh, I'm going to have to pay more. I'm going to have to get some more money somehow. And it's that idea of, you know, it's the idea of <laughs> yeah. almost social proof. You know, yeah, if yeah, no yeah. one turns up to an auction you and it's only you and you're thinking, oh, what's wrong with the house? Why am I the only one here? Yeah. Um, whereas there's four or five other young families there and you're thinking, oh, they've got the same idea as me. <laughs> yeah, that makes me Giving you all the sense. secrets here. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'm not going to real yeah, estate, but there might be some. It's listen. not like this is being broadcast everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, eh? no, nah, nah, it's uh, it's just in here, mate, in house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, but I think we're running out of time. So, what would be one uh, things you would want people to remember you by or what to take from this, and then also how they find you? You know, if they want this auction, they've got a neighbour, it's got yeah. a neighbour, it's got a neighbour. Um, I'd just be saying, maybe not for me, but as a re- when you're when you're choosing a real estate agent, obviously a big thing is integrity. Um, so. You know, uh, asking other people in your area who were the agents they used or that referral basis because you're going to get you're going to find out if someone's doing something wrong and and dodgy. So, um, social proof as we we touched on, but referrals is key. So, ask ask your friend, your family, the agent they used. Um, so that, that that's a big thing that I tell people in the area because I know I've done a good job in the area. So <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, say yeah. just talk to your family and friends. Um, that's a that's a massive one. And the other thing is. Um, I mean, my my slogan is kind of next generation real estate. Um, we are moving into an age where um, having online presence and mm. understanding um, how to, you know, do everything digitally and have that extra exposure is key. So if you can find an agent who um, dominates their local area, um, but also the online space, um, you know, you you that's that's the agent for you. That's how you're going to get the most exposure and the most kind of buyers. Through your property, okay, and finding you. Uh, yep. So my my handle, my my Instagram is probably my my busiest. So it's just Nathan Canton Real Estate. Um, or the other thing, if you just Google my name, Nathan Canton C A N T O N is a big one. Um, my Barfoot's profile comes up. So you, again, that's a way to see people's track record. 
um, a bit about themselves and uh, yeah, a way to just inquire a call to action button. So that's a it's a big one. And I will be on TikTok soon. Uh, Smash and TikTok. You heard yeah. it here first. Yeah, All right. First. Um, cool. Thank you. Uh, and I'll put that in the description so they can find you. Cheers. And um, also nzaudioeditors.com if you want to sound silky smooth, do an audio book, whatever you need with the audio, he'll work it out. Um, and yeah, that's it. Cheers, guys, and thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me.